leather, yellow leather, red leather, red leather, yellow leather, red yellow. Why can't you do it? It's a tongue twister. It's not. You do it. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> Dick. Do do unique New York. Unique New York. Faster. Unique New York. Ha. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Unique New York, unique New York, unique New York. Just I have to do tongue, sit in solemn silence in the cold, I have to do tongue twisters dark, dark. for rehearsal for like 30 minutes. Oh, so I found the perfect way to get around them. Do you know how? You have to put the emphasis on, a, on like a certain part of the word. Oh, gee, thanks, Professor. Red leather, yellow leather, unique New York. Unique New York. No, I'm putting it on new. So you focus on that to sit in solemn silence in the cold, dark no, dock, awaiting the arrival of a short shock. Wait, no, wait. To sit in sol- solemn silence on a dull, dark dock in a pestilential prison with a sharp shock. Uh, no, no, with a with a lifelong lock, awaiting the sensation of a short, sharp shock from a cheap and chippy chopper on a big black block. All right, go. Wait, you've been recording? Mm-hmm. Holy crap! All right, go. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode of Friends Till the End, your one-stop shop for all things friends as we take it episode by episode and just talk about what's going on in the lives of the crazy Central Park gang. I'm Michael. I'm joined, as always, by my couch-sitting friend, Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey, Michael. How you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. Yeah. A little bit jet-lagged. Yeah, we we didn't put out an episode last week. Yeah, well, we were going to, but then my flight was delayed, and we weren't able to record and get excuses, it released in time. Excuses, excuses. Yeah, well, well, less said about that, the better. But well, welcome back to America. Thanks. I was relieved to be let back in. <laughs> Before we get into today's episode, Elizabeth, I've got a friends-related question for you. If you yes. if if you would indulge me, I would. Okay, so we are. Fast approaching the end of season one, got a few episodes to go, and what I would like you to do is cast your mind back over the the first 20 episodes that we've watched, and let me know, is there a recurring character, is there a character that's popped up maybe once or twice throughout the season that you would like to see become a more regular character going forward? So, think of who we've had, we've had Monica's... Monica and Ross's parents, we've got Carol 2.0 and Susan, we had Steve, who was the great guy that Monica dated for a while, you've got the stoned guy played by John Lovitz, you've got the the therapist Roger who dated uh, Phoebe, played by Fisher Stevens, in this episode we had a couple of characters, who, who would you like to see, maybe not necessarily join the gang, but is there a little bit more, you know, maybe Mr. Heckles, uh, Paolo, you know, the possibilities are endless. Phoebe's sister. Ursula. Yeah. Why? What do you like about her? I just feel like it'd be kind of interesting to have her in it a little bit more. You don't think that would get a bit tiresome? I don't know. It doesn't have to be a main character, but the only other person I could think of is uh, Pillow Guy. Pillow <laughs> Guy? The guy who just turned up? And... The extra they cast to hand a pillow to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who we, who we just assumed lived... Below them, right? Yeah, pillow guy. Okay, pillow guy. Maybe he could just be doing that, like, all the time. Maybe he could just be, like, walking in on their shenanigans and just be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> See you guys. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, pillow guy. All Cut right. to him in Central Park, shaking his head, going, oh, my friends. 
<laughs> oh, so you think he would be friends? Like he would join the group? No, but he would think that they're all best friends. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and they just call him Pillow Guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Oh, what if Pillow Guy's ugly naked guy who saw the pillow fall from his from his apartment, and he was like. I'm going to put on some clothes and I'm going to go return this pillow and be a good neighbor. Maybe, but it doesn't seem like he's ever really looking out his window as much as they're looking into him, his window, you know? <laughs> well, you never know. You never know what's going on. Maybe he's spying on them. Could be. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, we are peeling back some layers here. What would you like to see? I think I'd probably like um, Roger the Therapist to come back yeah, into it. He, yeah, he was good. pretty great. I don't know if that character has like a lot of legs to him. Sometimes it happens quite a lot in... In sitcoms, you bring in, like, this annoying character who kind of is never meant to be there for more than a couple of episodes, but they test really well with the audiences, so yeah. they kind of, like, tweak the character a little bit, make them a little bit more, like, tolerable. Like, you saw it in something like, maybe even, like, Malcolm in the Middle with Craig. You know, he, oh, he sort yeah. of became much more of a, a recurring character as they went along. I think they did it with, like... I think they did it in Frasier as well. Like, Niles was never meant to be such an important character that really? he turned out... Yeah, I don't think so. He's a like, main character. Well, I think he was going to be in every episode, but I don't think they were ever going to, like, give him a proper backstory and... Oh, wow. Yeah. Jeez. It's just... Oh, you know who I like? Um, oh, I can't remember her name. The annoying... Janice. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, she's kind of good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we quite enjoyed her the last time we saw her. yeah. Well, as I fear uh, Roger, we may never see again. Something tells me we haven't seen the last of Janice going forward. Well, I'm surprised you didn't say Gunther. Well, Gunther... Oh, I guess because we, we haven't met him. We haven't met him yet. He's right. just a background extra. But don't you worry. He'll get his time to shine soon <laughs> well, enough. Thank God. I was very worried about that. Mm-hmm. Wait till he moves in with uh, Phoebe. <laughs> get out of here. They open a massage parlor together. <laughs> So yeah, that's who we li- would like to see come back as recurring characters. But any of you, our, our dear listeners, would like to, to let us know who, who who would you like to see pop up a little bit more? Which recurring characters would you like to see get a bigger role in Friends? You can give us a tweet at FriendsPod. And uh, always always grateful to hear from, from all of you and getting your thoughts on it. Uh, we definitely had some good suggestions from our last episode. So thank you all for that. We've just finished watching Season 1, Episode 20, Elizabeth. The one with the evil orthodontist. Evil indeed. Mm-hmm. Aren't they all, though? <laughs> <laughs> Which first aired 6th of April, 1995. Been a bit of a break since the last one. They almost took like a month off. March 9th was our last episode. Wow. So, yeah, I had, a, I had a, a few weeks off. Came back with a vengeance. But do you think they got a higher or lower viewing figure on this episode than they did for the last one? Which was when the monkey got away, which drew 29.4 million. I think, based on the fact that it's been a month, people might be like, where was this? And they want to watch it, and they're excited that it come, came back, so I would say higher. Higher? Yeah. 29.4? Yeah. <sighs> what is it? 30. Yes! On the dot. Yeah, you did very well. I, I don't know what it is. Is anyone keeping track of how many I Of course not. Right? Nobody cares but you. Oh... I care. I mean, you don't listen back to the episodes. You say this every time, but I listen, and you're about, you only get about 50-50 right, by the way. No (laughs) way. No way. You're not as good as you think you are. I think you're wrong. Well, we'll see. Mm. We open in the Monica's apartment. Monica and Rachel's apartment. In the Monica and Rachel's apartment. Yes. I believe. And 
it's kind of a callback to some of those earlier episodes. The guys are just kind of shooting the shit, talking about irrelevant stuff. They're talking about Mr. Salty versus Mr. Peanut. Yeah, question for you. Who's Mr. Salty? I don't know who Mr. Salty is. Oh, I, I thought you would have known. No, I thought this was an American thing. I thought you would know. No, I know Mr. Peanut. I know who Mr. Peanut is. Mr. He's like the Salty. planter's nut guy, right? Yeah. Okay, uh-huh. he wears like a top hat and a cane. I think so, yeah. Alright, who's Mr. Salty? Mr. Salty sounds horrifying. Mr. Salty is a pretzel guy, it looks like. Uh... He is... Huh. Yep. Oh, he's so cute. He's like a pretzel stick man wearing a little sailor outfit. Huh. He's so adorable. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> so you go with Mr. Salty? Yeah. Um, also, while they're discussing the, 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 the merits of Mr. Salty over Mr. Peanut, uh, Joey notices, or Monica notices, or maybe Phoebe notices, one of them notices... <laughs> one of them. ...that there's somebody across the street spying on them with a telescope. Yeah. And they're all kind of outraged. And they're like, oh, oh my God, I can't believe they would do that. What a perv. Uh, and then there's like a little beat and then they all sort of turn and look and go, oh look, there's Ugly Naked Guy, he's doing, he's up to his shit as well. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the button, you know, they're so outraged that someone's spying on them and then they turn around and spy on somebody as well. The only difference is they don't have the apparatus. Yeah, I think it's, I would call the police on that person. If the telescope, telescope person? Sure, some that telescope where they can zoom in more than just the naked eye can see from across the street. On, like, what I was doing in my apartment, walking around. Like, there's women in that apartment that walk around, potentially in their towels, from the bathroom to the their mm-hmm. bedrooms. That's pervy. What if they're doing something quite innocent, like bird watching? Into an apartment? You don't know. They, they can't tell specifically what they're looking at from mm-hmm. there, if it's across the street. I don't know. I'd still report it. <laughs> or I would go over there and knock on their door and say, hey. Hey. Stop doing this. You. So they don't have huge shades for that no, massive that's window. True. That is certainly true. We've got a real, a real rear. We've got a, <laughs> we've got a genuine rear window situation going on here. No, you can't laugh all the way through it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was funny. So anyway, we open. Chandler is bragging about a great date that he's had in Central Park to the rest of the gang. It brings up that kind of age-old thing of, when are you going to call her? When are you going to call her? And, you know... The three-day rule. I think they stop short of actually referencing the three-day rule, but they, the, the guys are all sort of like, oh, you don't want to come across as too eager, but then the girls are all like, eh, you should give him a call. Right, if you had a good time, then I bet your next time would be as good. Just, mm-hmm. yeah, why wait? Well, is that your feelings on it? I guess so. I I mean, I remember back in the day of the dating world, I would be excited if the person, like, after a good date would text me that night or the next day just be like, oh, I had a really great time. It just kind Mm. of shows the fact that they're still thinking about it. Yeah, but that's, I mean, text messaging has changed things so much. Like, it's completely different to just be like... To shoot a text. To shoot a text, yeah. Because you could just do anything. You could just be like, I don't know. You could refer back to something that happened on the date and it would be like a funny little thing. But actually calling someone up to do it, that's a little bit... Okay, I see what you're saying. So then I would probably, I'd probably wait till you have like an idea of what maybe you'd want to do with them. So you call them up and say, hey, this movie is, is coming out. Do you want to, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's playing seven o'clock Saturday. Do you want to go? Mm-hmm. So having like some concrete 
thing. But as a woman, if you like, you'd been on a date and it went well, would you be delighted that they called the next day? Do you think they should wait a day or two? I personally, I probably would like it. I, I think that you'd like them to wait. No, I think that if they didn't want to wait, that'd be fine because it, it showed that they really enjoyed it. And if I enjoyed it too, then it's like great. But also, if I didn't enjoy it and they did, mm-hmm. instead of having it go on and on, you can just say, "Oh, I'm sorry, it really, you know, wasn't for me." And that way, you wouldn't waste everyone's time. Mm. So, are you are you accusing Chandler of the date not being quite as, as successful as perhaps he thought it was? No. I just think he's an idiot when it comes to dating. So if you, if you like someone and you want to talk to them and you want to have another date, just do it. Mm-hmm. The worst that she could say is no, and then it's on to the next one. I guess just keep so. trying. So Chandler's going to give her a call. I think Phoebe kind of puts the phone in his hand and be like, just do it. Come on, it's fine. And then Good old Phoebe. Good old Phoebe, the voice of reason as ever. He gets to the, the answering machine. Or the leaf blower, as he jokes about with Joey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a solid burn on Joey being an idiot. Uh, he gets the, the, the voicemail and uh, he reveals a little bit of uh, telephone anxiety about leaving a message. He, you know, he doesn't like to leave a spontaneous message. I can definitely relate to this. Yeah. As somebody that suffers from telephone anxiety <laughs> at the best of times. Although I think I would be hoping for the message. I think, I, I think I'd yeah. be hoping to leave the message. Yeah, because then you don't even have to worry about... Because then you've done your part. over your words, really. Do you find that when you make a phone call, like, there's a balance of power that comes with either making the phone call or receiving the phone call? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Where, where do you think the power lies? With the person making the call? Yes, the person that has decided to make the phone call. I disagree. <gasps> Interesting. I, oh, wait, when it comes to a dating situation or something else? Uh, I think just in general. Because I'm relating it to my personal life. I feel like when you make the call... The feeling is that you're the one that's taking the time to make the call, so you better make sure that you have something damn interesting to say. Like, it's on you to make that phone call. I don't know. I th- There's that part of it. You have to, like, carry the conversation, but then there's also the side of it that, like, you're intruding on somebody somebody's life at that moment. So it might be, like, you don't know if it's convenient for them, that you don't know what kind of mood they're going to be in. Oh, okay. I thought we were talking about when leaving a voicemail. Oh, no. I'm talking about just, in general, making the... Oh, Okay. But I don't, I don't know. I feel like if you call them, yeah, they might not be in a, the mood, but then would they just not answer the phone? Or could they say, hey, call back later, and that kind of mm-hmm. puts them in power, whatever. Like, they no, can that's, decide that's how even, to respond. No, uh, well, I guess so. And For thinking me, about it, like, in my personal life, having to, having to make phone calls and leave lots of messages saying, okay, it's basically on you to call me back. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. Because then you've, you've, you've made... You've done what you need to do. Yes, then. exactly. So that's why I then think it's Then you can sit back and relax. Yeah. No, but that you've passed, you've you've taken the power in doing that. You don't have the power when you initially make the call, but then when you get to leave a message, you're like, right, ball's in your court now. And then when they call you, they're calling you kind of out of the, the great unknown. Right. So they're they're in the position where they don't know what they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I feel like this is just what goes on <laughs> in my mind when I make a phone call. Wow, you really think a lot about it. I hate it but so But you much. hope for a voicemail. I think I hope for a voicemail, yeah. Or even, you know what, even better is if I'm calling like a mobile phone and like there's no voicemail because then they've seen that I've called. Mm. If they have my number saved. I don't know, maybe not. Yeah. Yes, that's his anxiety on leaving a message. He wants to leave a message, but he's a little bit nervous to do so. Yes. Elsewhere, Rachel is talking with Barry 
she he takes her out on a little date she buys her he buys her like expensive perfume and nice chicken at the the russian tea kitchen and tea the russian tea room whatever <laughs> it's like a very touristy thing in new york city oh right um yeah and phoebe delivered a line that made me laugh at that part oh, because right. they're outside the door talking and they're like phoebe what's going on what's going on and phoebe's watching them being like oh no oh gosh oh, okay well he's laughing here oh they looks like they're having a good time oh no don't do that and someone's like what what do they do and phoebe's like <laughs> that man across the street just kicked that pigeon <laughs> Well, yeah, and I, I was surprised that you find this animal cruelty so, so no, funny. No, it's not the animal cruelty. It's the fact that I would probably react the exact same way. Would you? Yeah, if someone kick a helpless animal. But it's just like a little nudge with your foot, you know, get in my way. No, she said kicked. To me, wow. that seems like a wind-up and a like a oh. soccer ball. Wow. If you're able to kick a pigeon without it flying away, I think you've earned it. I know it has nothing to do with the plot, but I just want everyone to know that Phoebe's just the greatest. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, okay, carry on. So anyway, the gang are kind of like giving Rachel shit because the gang like to be super judgmental. Yes, they do. Getting on their high horses and they're like, oh, you need to you need to blow it off with them. You need to, to break up with them. Uh, yeah, and she says, crazy. So she kind of agrees. She's like, reluctantly, she's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll break up with them. I'll blow them off. And then she... Jump cut to to the dentist chair. His dentist office is orthodontist office. They're they're lying on the chair in a, a, a postcoital embrace, and they're kind of like, "Whoa, can't believe we did that!" And then, oh, so weird, right? You probably didn't catch that at eleven. <laughs> no, I definitely didn't. She delivers this line. I feel like this joke was cut out of the like the British viewing of it. Really, it's so weird for like a mainstream sitcom it's and her delivery of it is very confusing okay so what happens is they're they're lying there clearly they have just had sex and they're you know talking about how great it was and then strangely rachel leans over and she's like yeah it's just so great that the sink is right here yeah, and like the, scene ends. the little like dentist bowl. Yeah, which, where, you, where you spit in, when which you, you spit out your into. It's specifically designed for spitting into. Right, and and, we, and when we watched that, we both turned and looked at each other as fast as humanly possible. And we're like, "Is that what she meant? Is is that, or or was it something else? Was it like a a reference to a joke they made before?" No, I, it was just a completely sexual. Yeah, just like a very heavily implied. Uh, really weird. Her delivery of it wasn't even like, oh, thank God the sink was here. It's more like, oh, it's so nice this sink yeah. was here. Like, it was, I, I can't believe it. It was so out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> like, already it's implied that you just boned. But, oh my God. Yeah, really, really shocking. Really wasn't ex- expecting that. And I bet, like, we watched it on Netflix. I'm, I bet that that doesn't, like, it may, it probably, like, at primetime 9 o'clock, but when it's being re- Friends gets reshown in the UK at like two in the afternoon, and then again yeah. at like five in the afternoon. Like they, I don't think that joke makes a cut somehow. Although, I mean, are we just it's taking just it in a sexual way, or I don't or know what other way could it be? That's the only thing. I don't know. Like, are I, we just thinking? I really don't dirtily? think there's, there's any other way to take it. It's a, right. a crass cunnilingus joke, which, quite frankly, I was offended by. You were a f- no, I wasn't oh, a Sorry. Right. Get out of here. So anyway, that puts Rachel in a bit of a pickle because um, 
she's she's gone back to Barry, who mm. we've she spent most of the season trying to get away from in that that kind of lifestyle. She's dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, back at Monica and Rachel's apartment, the gang are still being proved on by this person with the telescope that was referred to in the post credits. It's basically a plot point to give you know Monica, Joey, and Phoebe a little something to do mm-hmm. because they don't really have a storyline this episode. So they, that kind of pops up, but there's not really any. Joey seems to be the one that has the biggest problem with it, even though I don't know where in Joey and Chandler's apartment there's a window for them to get access to. Is there like a window in their living room well, th- uh, against that like back wall? I don't. Maybe, but I thought maybe it was either in one of the bedrooms well, or the bathroom. Well, Joey's bedroom is on the other side, so there's no way that she would be able to see. They, would, the person with the telescope, would be able to see in. And the bathroom. There could be like a small one next to the shower I or guess. above a sink or something. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. Yeah, it's because it's on across the hall, and have you seen from the outside of the apartments in the hall that there's like a little bit of stairs there, and there's not really. Any windows you could see through. So, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think we're not supposed to be thinking about it so much. <laughs> but, like, the, a typical viewer w- wouldn't think, well, wait a minute, where's that window? But because we're actually going through this, yeah. we're having this conversation. Well, there's a bit where Joey's, like, talking about how he cooks naked. And it's like, you have no window in your kitchen. Right. So, I don't know what you're worried about, Joey. Yeah. But anyway, perhaps we shouldn't worry about it too much. Chandler has written, a, like, a little script so they can leave a message. He's like bustling plates about, so it seems like he's calling from a restaurant, and he's yeah, he's practicing to leave a message. Uh, he does leave a message, and then basically spends the rest of the the episode waiting by a telephone, wondering why she hasn't called back. Mm-hmm. Pretty pathetic, Chandler. Wait a minute. Speaking of pathetic, did Ross speak in this episode? Yeah, Ross. Well, as we're about to to talk about, uh, remember Rachel comes in. She after having left Barry. Barry's office and she kind of she comes in looking a bit sheepish and Monica's like hey what's going on and she kind of whispers whispers it to Monica like I could have had sex with Barry but then Monica in her classic outraged judgy voice kind of like yells it for the rest of the room to hear so everyone knows (laughs) Ross gets very upset at this oh yes okay because you know he he wants a bit of Rachel for himself she kind of makes a comparison to uh, Carol 2.0 and Ross and and he's like, it's completely different. It's like comparing orthodontists to lesbians, like apples and oranges. Another lesbian joke. Well, that's not, again, it's not really a joke. It's just throwing out the word. One of them's an orthodontist, and one of yeah, it's like, well, okay, fine. So he gets a bit miffed, and he leaves. He has a life, you know. He interrupts the game of trouble that they're playing. <laughs> cool guys on a, a Friday night. But that's like all we see of him, pretty much this whole episode. Yeah. Pretty much, he's, he's, he's kind of out of it. Yeah, I didn't miss him. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> so, basically, Rachel gets a phone call from Mindy, who is currently engaged to Barry, her former best friend. Mm-hmm. She wants to come round. She wants to, she wants to meet up with Rachel, basically. Rachel becomes a little bit paranoid of this, because she is now the other woman. She is, she's basically committed adultery, you know, she's, she's done the dirty on her best friend. And this kind of goes back to a discussion we had a little while ago where, you know, we were talking about, is Rachel the wrong party with Barry and Mindy hooking up? No. No? No, because Mindy stole him. I mean, the wedding night, basically. Mm-hmm. She went to, on their honeymoon, 
There wasn't even like a day lapse between. Well, that's how we. That's that's what we think right now. We think it's just where we are currently in the storyline that we've talked about. It seems that Rachel dumped Barry at the altar. Barry went on the honeymoon anyway with Mindy and now they're seeing each other and now they're engaged. Yeah. And Rachel seems to think that she's the wrong party from this. And now Rachel's gone and had an affair as well. So Rachel, she's she's not really the good guy in this story right now, I don't think. No, but I still wouldn't be best friends with this woman after all of that. She's talking on the phone to her like, yeah, she's feeling guilty and worried about what's going to happen when they meet up. But she's also like, Mindy, hi, oh my God. And maybe she's just being fake. Because she's a little scared, but why would you even, why wouldn't you just hang up the phone and be like, I, the day I, I left him at the altar, you run off on my honeymoon. But she, she has no moral high ground in this. No, but you kind of would hope that your best girlfriend wouldn't steal your man the day It's not I, her man! She well, left him at the altar! Okay, but that doesn't mean she loves him any less. Mm. Just because she decided, I'm not going to get married right now to him or to mm-hmm. whatever. I, if my best friend did that... You think I'd be best friends with them? Well, I just... I don't know. I, I don't think that Rachel really has any position where... Right now, from where we're talking about, where she should feel, t- like, angry at Mindy, I don't think. So, you're saying if it was your wedding day... And, listen. Okay. And you decided, for whatever reason, that day, I, you can't go through with it, so you leave the woman at the altar... And your best friend, like your best man, decides, well, I'm going to swoop in. This is my mm-hmm. chance. And go on what you had planned to be your honeymoon mm-hmm. with your, just five minutes ago, fiancé. How would you feel about that? Right, okay. I would be angry and upset, which Rachel was justified in doing. But any kind of moral high ground that you have, any attempt that you would be like, hey, what the, what the fuck's going on? They would just immediately be like... Well, you ditched this person on their wedding day, so you literally have no leg to stand on. I don't know. I think you you forfeit all of your your cards of being outraged when when you do that. I don't know because we don't know what reason you might have had. Like, say you're just like I'm not. I'm just not ready. I still love this person, but I'm not ready. Nah, you did this in a really poor well, way, mm-hmm. but I'm not ready. Or it could have been something like, oh, I cheated on them and I feel so guilty. But we don't. I mean, no. No. All right, well, we're going to disagree about this. Well, thankfully, like, this whole thing is going to be rendered moot in just a couple of scenes' time. Elsewhere, Chandler realizes, you know, he's struggling over the balance of power. You know, he, he left a message, and now he's, like, stressing. Why isn't she called back? Why isn't she called back? You know, she has that power now, mm-hmm. which is kind of, I don't know, that doesn't back up to... I guess it doesn't work when you're calling someone to ask on a date. Everything I said earlier in the episode, forget what I said about <laughs> balance of power. Uh, this guy. Anyway... He, he calls her again. He kind of makes up an excuse saying, oh, I turned my phone off, so I didn't know if you tried to call back. Please, Chandler, you're not fooling anyone. Just as good as any other thing. I don't know. It's not she bad. says she's on the other line. She'll call him back in just a minute. So, and then he's left waiting again. Yep. Dear, oh dear, oh dear. Uh, Rachel meets up with Mindy, played by Jennifer Grey. Dude, what? That was a mind fuck when really? I heard that. So she's the woman from from Dirty Dancing, Dirty Dancing. Bueller's Day oh, Off. Okay, and... right. Yeah, I'm I'm not too big on those movies, so I don't know her too well. Dirty but... Dancing, mm-hmm. classic. Yeah, you pointed out that she it didn't seem too believable that they were they would be best friends from high school. She yeah, she seemed um, older than Rachel. 
Yeah. Would you like to guess the, the age difference between the two? Eight years. Nine years. What? Yeah, pretty good. Bring me to Vegas. Jennifer Bring Aniston me. is nine years older than Jennifer Grey. Yeah. Well, I don't know why they would choose her to play Mindy no, when there could have been... Uh, what? I said Aniston is older than, than Grey. Oh, I didn't hear you. You did not pick up on it. You did not listen. No, I wasn't anyway. listening. Yeah, nine years difference. So, yeah, it's stretching it a little bit, but it's fine. It's okay. There's can... millions of other actresses out there. Why did they choose her? I don't know. I just... I don't, I don't know. Like, is she a big enough... Ni- like, she didn't get, like, the sort of typical audience cheer when, like, a guest star drops in. So, I don't think they were, like, it's probably hiring her for name value. She's unrecognizable after her nose job. Whoa. Okay, well... I loved her nose. Okay. Now she just looks like everybody else. Oh. Okay. So, anyway, they meet in the coffee shop while Rachel is working. Rachel... In full view of her co-workers, just sits down, has a gab with her friend. Gunther does not run a tight ship no, at this doesn't. coffee shop. No. Although we don't know if Gunther's a manager or anything. He's just the guy in the background for now. Right. So anyway, she takes a break. Mindy, she's she's all worried. She's like, oh God, Mindy knows she's going to uh, she's gonna do something bad. Uh, but no, Mindy asks, asks Rachel to be the maid of honor at their wedding. So which is which is pretty weird. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I would agree to that. Of course not. But then she reveals that she's worried that Barry's having an affair because he came home smelling like Chanel perfume. Yeah. She thinks he's got a bit on the side in the city, which uh, she's not wrong about. Rachel tries to comfort her, being like, "Oh, you know, I went through a phase when I was dating Barry, and I thought he was having an affair too, but uh, he just kind of freaks out when it comes to." When it comes to like commitment and getting married and things like that. So she tries to comfort her. But then Mindy drops a bombshell. Yeah, she does. Whoa, this changes everything. She reveals that back when Rachel and Barry were engaged, she she was having a, a, a little thing on the side with Barry. So it wasn't just something that happened on the wedding night and picked up from then. It had been going on before. Which changes everything. <sighs> Vindicates Rachel. She was in the right all along. Ha! But we didn't know that before. I still, I still think she's in the right. <laughs> so anyway, she, she comes clean. She reveals to Rachel she's had an affair. Rachel is weirdly okay with it because now she should be furious. She should be, but also I think it kind of gives her an excuse to be like, okay, well, we just, I just had an affair with him She well. comes clean as well, but she could, she could do that and still be like... And fuck you, because yeah. you're my best friend. Although she kind of did it too. But anyway. Yeah, so I think she just was like, well, it could be mad right now, but if anything yeah. else, I'd get off scot-free, so I'd rather that. Yeah. I can get angry later. I could decide never talk to her again, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it didn't seem that way. They're like, let's hug it out, yay! And while they're hugging it out, Joey comes in. Joey, who has spent the whole episode being furious at some pervert across the street, comes in with his big flasher pervert coat on <laughs> and gets just this like sort of smug yeah nice girls are hugging alright it's like Joey it's come on man old boy <laughs> well he is a little bit though that's kind of his that's part of his charm I guess. it's just a guy being a guy Elizabeth yeah. so anyway they go to confront Barry in the orthodontist office Barry at first kind of like oh I'm sorry I love you I love you and they're like who are you talking to here and he sort of has to think about it for a minute but then he he picks Mindy he's like no it's Mindy I love you I'm sorry blah 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 and Rachel's having none of it but Mindy Mindy seems to be kind of won over she's just like yeah I think I'm probably gonna forgive him I'm probably gonna marry him she's delusional 
Yeah. Why would she do that? It's weird. I don't know. None like, she really... thinks that little of herself that she would be with a cheating man? Yeah, I guess. Like, she, they don't really explain it away very much. No. Like, he has to leave, he gets called away on an emergency, and Rachel and Mindy are left, and Mindy's just sort of like, yeah, I'm probably still going to marry him. And you're like, well, hang on a minute, why? Yeah. And there's, there's, they don't really explain it. She's like, I still hope you'll be the maid of honor. And you're like, oof. Oh, God. Why? Why do you hope that? Do you really oh, have oh. no one else? You don't, you don't have a sister or something? Yeah. So yeah, that all kind of ends. I suppose the the most important part of all of that is it gives Rachel a little bit of closure on Barry. That's probably the most important part of it. Yeah. Now she's like, well, that's the end of that chapter, mm-hmm. well and truly. So thank God, I hated Barry. Yeah, I didn't like Barry, and like the whole Mindy thing. I was oh. glad to see the back of it. Mm-hmm. It's revealed that Chandler did actually turn his phone off, which is why he still hasn't gotten a call back from from the from his date. And he's mm-hmm. stressing all about it, but Joey's like, "Oh, you didn't, you didn't. The phone is turned off, which is ironic because that is the excuse that he told Danielle." Yep. What a shame. <laughs> Joey does a bit of detective work, tracks down the pervert with the telescope across the street, gives him a call. Turns out it's a woman. All of a sudden, Joey's okay with it. The woman then like compliments Monica's dress that she wore a couple of days ago, so she's okay with it. So yeah. <laughs> So it's just fine that this woman's peering into their apartment and can even remember the dress that Monica wore three days ago. Well, That's I so creepy. Feel, feel bad for her. She's obviously got nothing else going on. In I her mean, life. when she she gets compared to a very famous movie star, yeah, and Ingrid Bergman, yeah, and I thought that was like Monica's reaction to that was pretty funny. Yeah, you know, she did this silly like, "Oh no, no way" type thing, but in a very over the top gesture, so this woman with a telescope could see her gesture. <laughs> Well, it's it's not really tied up in any way, but we can only assume that Telescope Lady the next day goes out and buys 12 cats and get, ditches the telescope because we never hear from her again. Uh, it just doesn't really come up. So. Oh, no? Yep. All right. Is she a character you would bring back, Telescope no, Lady? No, Telescope Lady. She's, <laughs> she can go. All right. So, yeah, that kind of ties up that chapter, and that kind of, that kind of wraps up the episode as a whole. Um, well, until we, get, we go back to Central Park. We get the end credits in Central Park where uh, Chandler's date, Danielle, turns up and she's like, oh yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't reach you and I had the wrong number and I got your information from information and I just wanted to come down here and make sure you were okay. And Chandler's like, oh, okay, cool, yeah, um, why don't I give you a call and we'll, we'll set up another date. And they're like, yeah, okay, okay, great. And then she leaves. You like you think he would just be like, oh, do you want to stay and have a cup of coffee? Right. But, and she's like, okay, bye. Yeah. Uh, back to back to my house with my telescope and cats. <laughs> and then it's and yeah, Chandler. After she leaves, Chandler's like, nah. She seems a bit desperate coming all the way down here. Like needy or something. A bit needy, yeah. Uh, which of course is the ultimate irony. <sighs> you know, Chandler. We've got. We've got Joey judging a pervert when he's being pervy. We've got Rachel judging Mindy for cheating when she's a cheater. And now we've got Chandler judging old needy Danielle when he's spent the whole episode being needy. <laughs> what, what a tangled web we weave. Seriously, the only constant in this episode is good old Phoebe. And good old absent Ross. Who just... Yeah, well, I didn't miss him. He, he can go away. He can leave. Oh, poor Ross. Uh, he'll be fine. So that was the one with the evil orthodontist. Did you did you like that episode? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, the, the comedy was pretty good. All right. But the women, to, in in my opinion, carry this show. You do, you think? Yeah, I really do. 
like it's the very subtle things that, about their characters. Like even, you know, Chandler sitting in Monica's apartment worrying about the phone. He ends up sitting on the back of the chair so his feet are on the part where you sit. And quickly Monica puts a little tea towel underneath his shoes. And it's very quiet and no one mentions it. But it's like, it's really good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I thought Chandler had probably the best joke of the episode. There's a bit where... Like, Ross is getting angry at Rachel for, for being with Barry, and she's like, oh, well, if, if Carol 2.0 said, you know, I want you right here, right now on this couch, you would, what would you say? And Ross is sort of like, Bleh. and Chandler, who's sitting on the couch, goes, oh, I, I mean, I could scoot over if that's the problem. And you're like, I thought that was pretty good. Pretty, pretty razor-sharp wit by old Chandler. Uh, diffusing yeah. an awkward argument between his best friends. <laughs> that's all he can do. Yeah. be funny. I thought the episode was a bit of a mixed bag. I, I, I thought Chandler's thing was quite good. You know, it is essentially just him waiting on the phone to ring. Mm-hmm. But I... We've all been there. I guess so. Yeah, well, I think that's that's it. You know, mm-hmm. we've we've all been there. And I think Chandler's the right character to do that because he's, he's very funny and he's, he's you know, he's a, a, a bag of neuroses, shall we say. You know, he's so... Absolutely. I, I, I thought that was, that was right. I, I didn't care for any of the Rachel stuff, it has to be said, but... It does serve a purpose, as we talked about. You know, you know, we can kind of finally wrap a bow around the Barry thing, and she yeah. can, she can kind of move on. Move on with her life. But where shall we? Where shall she go next? Who I knows? don't know. Ah, I can't wait to find out. So what's up next? The next episode is the one with the fake Monica. With the fake Monica. Yep. Huh. Okay. I remember it being a classic episode. So. You say that literally about all of them. <laughs> I didn't say it about this one, oddly. Oh, enough. that's true. Uh, I'm looking forward. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, we'll we'll definitely check that one out in a few days' time. Mm-hmm. Hooray! As we get ever closer to the end of the season. Hooray! Hooray! It gets good. Don't worry. Trust me. No, no, no. It's, it's all right. Okay. This one, this one was pretty good for me. So okay. yeah, it's good. all right. So all there is to do now is to thank you all very much for listening. We appreciate and love your continued support. If you want to join in the fun and games and join in the discussions with the things that we talk about on the episode, you know, given your feedback on the episode or some of the things that we, we've talked about, at FriendsPod is definitely the place to do that. We do try and reply to everyone that messages us because we, we like having the discussions. And when I say we, I mean me, because you're not allowed on our Twitter account, Elizabeth. Well, that's only because... Aren't there spoilers on there for some well, there's ungodly no, reason? there's no guarantees. You know, people could tweet a wee spoiler. Even, even like, not meaning to. You know, it's it's fair <sighs> enough. It's hard to keep track. But you do read me the things that people say. Yes. So I, I catch you up on all the good stuff. Uh, and there, there is lots of good stuff. We do really like hearing from people. So thank you very much. If you do want to help support the show, help us reach a larger audience... Obviously, helping you know, give us a wee retweet on Twitter whenever we post anything. If you're on there, but also going over to iTunes and leaving us a nice little, a nice little uh, friendly review, uh, that's a, a a great way to helping us reach a larger audience. So, thank you all very much. Until next time, season one, episode twenty-one, the one with the fake Monica. Uh, we're gonna say goodbye for now. Cheerio, Elizabeth. Bye, friends. <laughs>